When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined this Tuesday morning by Andrew Erickson and Alfredo Brown. Fellas, normally we will jump right into the Tuesday show. We're not going to always address Monday Night Football on this Tuesday morning trade show. However, we have to talk about the injuries we saw last night. Obviously, first and foremost, everybody watching just sends their thoughts and prayers. They feel for Nick Chubb, just an absolutely gutting, gutting injury. You never like to see anybody get hurt. You especially never like to see anybody suffer a season-ending injury. And you especially never like to see anybody suffer what could be a career-altering injury, just really devastating and hard to watch. So wishing all the best and hoping for the best possible news there. Kevin Stefanski has already come out and said, you know, he's not going to be back this season. So we can operate under that assumption Alfredo, I want to start with you just quickly here. Waivers, is Jerome Ford the guy? Are we expecting a veteran addition to be brought in? How are you kind of approaching this in terms of the waiver wire today? So I do think that they will, I mean, they're going to have to bring in a veteran. It can't just be Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong here, but I'm willing to put a decent amount of my fab on Jerome Ford. We were talking about this before the show, like what running backs were left? Like you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. I, I, what, what's today? Let's let's mark this down. September 19th is just going to have to be Jerome Ford day now for this year. And uh, this is going to be probably one of those moments where it's either going to make or break a fantasy manager. Jerome Ford is either going to be that awesome pickup that you got that totally changed your lineup or you blew all your fab on him and he ends up being a massive bust. I lean a bit more towards Jerome Ford being productive there's not that many running backs getting the volume so man it's just uh, i come back to just the sadness of seeing nick chubb on the ground like that and getting carted off it was it was a rough scene yeah unfortunately it is, it is our jobs to look ahead but i'm with you where it's it's almost hard to you just want to only think about him and and like i said hope for the best erickson how are you approaching this backfield yeah, I think that Jerome Ford is kind of the obvious name to go to. They've shown a lot of confidence in him, even though he hasn't really done a lot, especially during the preseason. He was hurt, so but they didn't add any veterans during the offseason. Again, they traded for Pierre Strong from New England as another guy that they could potentially use in this backfield. But I think it's still going to be Jerome Ford probably as the 1A, regardless of whoever else they were to bring in. It's interesting to see maybe if they make a trade. I know that Cam Akers is rumored to be out there on the trade market. They're trying to move him. Again, I wouldn't necessarily think that he's a big factor if it was him versus Jerome Ford. Kareem Hunt is the other veteran that comes to mind. We don't really know what is going on behind the scenes with him in the Cleveland organization, if he's in the good graces or not. If he comes back there, then okay, that you could see another situation where it is a 1A, 1B situation. I, I don't think it's going to be Jerome. They never had Jerome Ford or Nick Chubb in this like 80% bell cow role. So I think he's going to see some type of split workload, but it's going to be him 50, 60% of the snaps. He can catch passes. Um, I do am concerned about just the Browns offense overall. Yeah. And Nick Chubb was the engine to that offense. Like you have, you cannot replace Nick Chubb. Like, I'm sorry. Like we know running backs don't matter, but Nick Chubb does. Like he is one of the few running backs, probably him and Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey that actually move the needle and actually impact the offense. Jack Conklin is hurt for the Cleveland Browns. 
their offensive line's not as good without him. And Nick Chubb made up for that because of how good he is. Jerome Ford, second-year player, he's fine. And I know he had a big run on Monday Night Football, but he's not Nick Chubb. So don't expect him to be anything near Nick Chubb, even if he's getting a decent amount of volume. So I would say RB2. But at this point, as Alfredo has already mentioned, like <laughs> there's just not a lot of options to put in your RB2 slot. So you got to be aggressive if you don't have any running backs you can start this week, especially just based on all the injuries. Yeah, man. Just also just like one of the most fun rushers to watch in football. I think everybody would agree with that. He's just so talented and so get, fun. Gets out of bed. Gets out of bed averaging five yards carry. Yeah, yeah it's it's incredible. <laughs> um, Not the only running back injury on Monday night. There was two games, of course. The other one not nearly as devastating, although, of course, we still feel for Jamal Williams hamstring injury. It's less clear right now what that timeline is, how the actual severity of that injury is. But Alfredo, same question. Is Tony Jones a guy you're spending any fab on? I mean, Taysom Hill got some carries and was somewhat efficient with that. What What are you doing in New did. Orleans? Yeah, of course, yeah. Taysom Hill got some carries, right? Like it just it wouldn't be the Saints unless Taysom Hill is coming and just ruining fantasy seasons. Uh, this one's a little different. Like I have a very hard time investing anything in Tony Jones because at some point we should see Kendra Miller coming back. Uh, I'm not sure where he is on his injury status, but this didn't seem like he was going to be out for multiple weeks. And then you've got Alvin Kamara's return right around the corner. It's one more game. And then we've got Alvin Kamara back. So I'm not putting too much into the backfield of the New Orleans Saints right now. If anything, I think they just might lean on a more pass heavy approach in this next game and then do some weird Taysom Hill stuff. But I don't think there's anything that's really all that actionable there for a fantasy manager going into week three. Uh, yeah, Erickson, are you spending any fab on on Jones or anybody else here? Don't want Jones because Alvin Kamara is coming back in one more week. If anything, I want to scoop up Kendra Miller because maybe he gets a, soft, a spot start here in week three. You know, he was close to coming back in this game. He's also dealing with a hamstring injury. So if he's one of the healthy running backs, he's a rookie. Hey, like, let's give him some run. We know that we have Kamara coming back anyway in week four. Let's give him some run. And for some reason, all these guys are out. Like you could see a scenario where if you're hurting at tight end or wherever Taysom Hill is eligible, it's like maybe they just load up Taysom Hill with carries, knowing that they're going to get a lot of the running backs in week four, week five. So week three, it's just the Taysom Hill show. And you have a running back. You have a tight end that is getting carries at, at the goal line. So um, there are worse options at tight end than Taysom Hill in week three. I hate hearing those words. Let's go to our week three <laughs> buy low, sell high running backs edition. We're going to start off with some of the most traded running backs right now. This is from our data that we have at Fantasy Pros. Um, so we're going to hit a couple of those guys. Then we'll get into the buy lows and the sell highs. The most traded running back currently is actually Raheem Mostert. Uh, so really, I mean, a, a very exciting week two. Obviously, he's been the bell cow in this offense in the first couple weeks of the season. We know how he tends to hold up or not hold up over the course of the season. So Alfredo, I'll start with you here. And he, spoiler alert, he was your pick for a later segment earlier initially. <laughs> so I know which way you're going, but are you buying, selling or holding on Raheem Mostert? Yeah, I'm I'm selling and I'm selling hard. Uh, it, you almost laid out like every single reason as to why to sell him. Uh, we rarely see Raheem Mostert play more than 10 or 11 games in a season. He has started out really, really hot. Three touchdowns in two games. He's the running back five. Unless you really, really believe that Raheem Mostert is going to continue to be the running back five and collect a touchdown every game, which I don't, then yeah, you should be selling him. You should be taking advantage of this because you're going to have desperate fantasy managers out there that just want running back production and they might be thinking here in just a very short window. 
The issue with Raheem Mostert is Jeff Wilson comes back off IR. We know that he's going to take some of these carries. Devon A-Chain finally started to get some looks, and he was getting used in the passing game. So it may not really crush the fantasy value for Raheem Mostert, but it's definitely going to take a little bit off the top. I think it is going to cap his production ceiling. So uh, Raheem Mostert for me, big sell. Yeah, to highlight the discrepancy there, he's currently rated as RB31 in our rest of season rankings, and that's only from guys who have updated it since yesterday. So, he, you know, obviously a bit of a discrepancy there, RB5 versus RB31. Erickson, quickly, are you buying, selling, or holding on Mostert? I'm going to sell 31-year-old running back with an injury track record uh, that's extensive as Raheem Mostert's is. So easy, easy sell for me. I've got a couple of trade options here. I want to ask you guys, Alfredo, starting with you, would you trade Raheem Mostert for Jonathan Taylor, who still there's the question mark of when he actually returns? Yeah, because I think at this point when we were drafting Jonathan Taylor, we were drafting him with less information than we have now that he wasn't going to be physically able to perform or whatever it may be. And people were still drafting him in like the eighth round, somewhere around there. That's about where you were drafting Raheem Mostert, if I remember correctly. So yeah. I'm I'm happy trading Raheem Mostert for Jonathan Taylor, who seems, I don't want to speculate, but it does seem like he could just be coming right back into his running back role for the Colts. How about Raheem Mostert or Javante Williams, Alfredo? Uh, that one's a little bit muddier. <laughs> um, uh, I want to believe in hope, so I'm going to believe in Javante Williams and hope he gets better, but I really don't feel good about any of those words that I'm saying right now because he's just he's we've seen that he's in a timeshare. I don't think that's going to go away. I think you're hoping that he gets healthier as the season goes on. I love when the analyst doesn't have an immediate answer to the question because it helps me know I picked the right two players and it's actually kind of a tricky one. Uh, last one here for you, Alfredo. Raheem Mostert, would you trade him for uh, Damian Pierce? Yeah, actually. And I know there's like there's a lot of dislike for Damian Pierce right now. And I know it's he's been underwhelming to start the season, but I, I think the Houston Texans just kind of finding their footing. We're not seeing that really anyone else in that backfield is truly taking over. Uh, Mike Boone was involved in week one, and then he was a scratch in week two. And Devin Singletary really hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, they're having offensive line problems. But once that offensive line gets healthy, as CJ Stroud continues to look great, and that offense continues to move the ball. I think we'll see some, you know, regression to the mean and some touchdowns going Damian Pierce's way and a little bit better production. So, yeah, I, I would make that trade. Erickson, just quickly, would you have traded Mostert for any of those guys? Or I guess I should ask, would you not have traded Mostert for any of those three? Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, Damian Pierce? No, I would I would make all those trades. I, I think that, you know, Mostert's short term outlook probably looks a little bit better than all of those players. But you're playing the long game with Javante, with Damian Pierce, with Jonathan Taylor. Like, and that's the definition of a buy low, sell high. Like right now in the moment, yeah, that's why Raheem Mostert looks like he has more value. But when we're talking about this in a month from now, it's going to be like, oh, well, you should have bet on the younger players having better seasons as the season progresses. So Mostert obviously has a lot of value now because he is healthy and is the starting running back on a good offense. But how long will that last? I'm, I'm not so sure it will last long. So I'm ready to sell. Guys, we are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. 
all customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Next running back that we're going to talk about here, second most traded guy, Kyron Williams. Uh, Shockingly amazing start to start this season. Uh, Been an early league winner, but do we want to hold on to him as a long-term league winner? Erickson, I'll start with you this time. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Kyron Williams? I would probably sell Kyron Williams. I think that you can get him at maximum value for what you got him for, which is basically nothing. So whether you had him on your bench as like a last round pick or you picked him up off waivers after week one, I think that this is just a perfect time to cash out. You know why? You're not going to go broke making a profit. Like that's the way I see it with Kyron Williams. You know, we've seen Sean McVay do weird things with his backfield constantly, just overturning whoever he likes. And when I look come, look at Kyron Williams, Yes, he has the role, like that role that's really valuable in this Rams offense. But I think this Rams offense is playing well above expectation in terms of their offensive line still, I don't think is great. Kyron Williams is an undersized running back who's dealt with injuries through his first two years in the NFL. So now all of a sudden he's going to be playing a bell cow role, seeing 20 touches every single week, and he's going to stay healthy the entire season. I just find that a little hard to believe and hard to buy into. So that's kind of why I'm looking at Kyron Williams as like, sick, I have this guy that everyone loves that has a sick role on his offense, but it's relatively unproven. I'm going to cash out for a more steady asset of a player that I know can be there throughout the entire season for the most part because of past proven production. So that's the way I'm approaching Kyron Williams. Quickly, Erickson, if Akers gets traded, would you feel better about holding him? Holding Williams. I mean, I mean, Akers is gone and already gone in my okay. estimate. Like, like he, we, we, he was gone after he. We thought that last the- year at a certain point, and it didn't play out that way by the end of the season. I mean, you're right, but I just. I, <laughs> I, I, I get I can't, it. I can't. I can't have it happen again. It can't. Like, even though Akers will be an RB one when it's all said and done, somehow, <laughs> some way, um, I, I don't believe that's going to happen this year. I don't think we're going to see like okay. strike twice for for Cam Akers. <laughs> uh, Alfredo, quickly, Kyron Williams buy seller hold. I'm selling him. I'm I'm old enough to remember when Daryl Henderson was the new hotness for the Rams yeah. backfield as yeah. well, and that changed yeah. so fast. I just Kyron's just not a great runner. Uh, he he got a lot of catches out of the backfield. It's almost copy-paste where he most three touchdowns in two games. I don't see it holding up. Uh, let's go to a couple trade options here. Erickson, would you trade Kyron Williams for Brian Robinson? Yes, I, I would. How about for Brees Hall? 100%. And then Rashad White? Yeah, I'm going to go with Rashad White. I feel more confident about Rashad White's role, and I know that he looked good against the Bears, which isn't hard to do. And I am concerned about how he's going to look against the Eagles. <laughs> but we had, it was a good week for Rashad White stand. So I'm just going to take the W and just pray that the Eagles game goes better in his favor. 
Yeah, Alfredo, were these uh, maybe a little too easy? Are you trading him for all three of those guys too? Again, Brian Robinson, Brees Hall, Rashad White. I'm definitely trading for Brian Robinson and Brees Hall. Rashad White is where I stop and think about it a little bit because I think that these two players are so similar. Neither of them are overly productive runners and they're both kind of used out of the backfield a bit. Uh, uh, I I guess I actually think I might keep Kyron Williams over Rashad White just because the offense may be scoring more points and uh, more touchdown opportunity. I got one, so at least they weren't all too easy. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to the buy low, sell high section. We'll start with buy low. Alfredo, give me your top buy low running back right now. So my top buy low running back right now, and it's it's kind of boring, but that's the point, is you almost want to find these guys that are flying under the radar, and it's, it's Joe Mixon. He's been a top 10 running back in PPR points per game in four of the last five seasons. He's running back 13 in 2019, so like we've seen him just be – consistent be productive every single year and it kind of goes along with what erickson was saying is sometimes you want to sell these flash in the pan guys for the more consistent guy that you know is going to get the volume and right now what we've seen is that joe mixon is getting volume he's averaging 18 opportunities per game and what should be a good offense but just isn't a good offense at the moment uh there's a lot to figure out here with joe burrow and his calf like is he going to be healthy is he going to be out there on the field if he misses any time, I'd imagine that the Bengals would lean a bit more on Joe Mixon than than the backup quarterback for that offense. And uh, you're probably going to see a lot more dump off passes to him. But I think we've just seen a, a bad luck for these first two weeks. He's getting opportunity. We know he's maybe not a, a huge game breaker, but he's good enough to be a high end RB2 on your fantasy team. I think the touchdown stuff starts to turn around as the Bengals offense starts to turn around. They only have two touchdowns in the season. So Joe Mixon for me is one of those guys that I think fantasy managers get it in their head. They are probably so frustrated with him year over year over year because Joe Mixon is always one of those frustrating guys, but he's just good enough to be an RB2. And I think he's a, he's a pretty good buy low. The backup for the Bengals, I believe, has never completed an NFL pass. So very much an unknown if Burrow is not there. So from what you said, it sounds like would you lean more towards you'd rather have Mixon in that scenario where he's going to get more volume at the very least or burrow being healthy obviously it's a better offense overall better scoring opportunities probably more efficient i mean i definitely want burrow there because we're seeing that he's still getting volume with burrow under center i'm just saying that even if burrow's not there i think the the way he's getting this volume might change i think he might get targeted a bit more out of the backfield i think that uh you know he, he might be getting a bit more run Instead of them, I, who's the backup quarterback? Jake Browning, I believe. Jake Browning, yeah. Yeah, like I don't think I, I had to look it up. <laughs> Husky, baby. I don't think Husky. they're dropping him back, you know, 30 plus times a game. I think they're going to ask Joe yeah. Mixon to try to carry this offense. So it, it's kind of a no matter what, like I'm good with Joe Mixon here. Erickson, give me your buy low running back. Uh, is my favorite running back, Travis Etienne, coming off a bad game against the Kansas City Chiefs, just 12 carries for 40 yards. It's weird, you know, they didn't give the ball to Travis Etienne enough, and the offense just wasn't good. You know, it's really weird. You know, all these Christian Kirk targets really didn't move the needle for the Jaguars' offense to put up points. I wonder what they're going to do against the Houston Texans. What do you guys think? I think they're going to load up Travis Etienne with targets and touches, and he's going to go freaking nuclear. And you know the other other thing? Tank Bigsby. How many touches did he play? Or how many touches did he get in week two? Zero. 19% snap share. The guy is not a factor whatsoever because every time he touches the ball, it's a turnover for the Jaguars offense. So Travis Etienne had bell cow usage week one, dip in production in week two. There's This window is just 
It's open. There's a small creek in that window where you can buy Travis Etienne because someone might be, oh, I guess week one was a mirage. He's not the bell cow we were all hoping he would be. This is the opportunity to pounce and be aggressive to get a running back that I think can be a league winner because I think they're going to go back to him having a larger role in the offense. They went away from him in week two. I think that was a mistake. He was also dealing with some cramps. So Travis Etienne for me, major buy. Houston Texans week three. Giddy up. Erickson, where do you have him ranked the rest of the season at running back? I haven't updated my top guys yet, but he'll probably be somewhere in the top five. Wow. Would you have him in the top five as well, Alfredo, or is that too aggressive for you? A little, little too aggressive for me, but I'm also a very well-known wet blanket. Um, for me, Travis, I, I, you know what? What Erickson's saying is very true. Like we are not seeing all the the scary stuff that everyone had predicted with Tank Bigsby. Once again, we're two weeks into the season; so much is going to change. But uh, Travis Etienne is should be a locked and loaded RB one every week. If you guys are anything like me, you set your alarm early, have your gym bag packed. And then you end up hitting snooze and rolling out of bed like an hour later. So if falling asleep easily and waking up feeling rested is something you need help with, let me tell you about the Hatch Restore. Think of the Hatch Restore as your bedside sleep guide, an ally in rest. The all-in-one dream machine is a sophisticated sound machine, light and alarm clock, beautifully designed for your bedside table. Good rest allows you to be the best version of yourself, which is why the Hatch Restore was engineered to help you form healthy sleep habits for life. Your hatch teaches your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. It coaches you through meditations and mindfulness exercises that transform the time before and after sleep into restful rituals. I find myself constantly trying to wake up early and then just laying in bed or hitting snooze a dozen times and eventually rolling out still tired. Hatch has helped me get into a better routine and to actually wake up feeling rested and ready for the day, which is especially important during this busy football season when there's a lot to do every single day. Great sleep cannot be forced, but it can be learned, and the Hatch Restore is here to help. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash fantasypros. Sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore. Go to hatch.co slash fantasypros to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash fantasypros. Well, let's uh, all be wet blankets and get to some sell-high running backs and tell people to, uh, you know, get out while they can. On a couple of guys, Alfredo, start with you again. Who's your top sell-high running back right now? I think a lot of people love him, and I'll probably get some crap in the comments for this, but uh, James Conner. James Conner is one of the few guys that's getting volume, and that's why I said, like, this is weird to be like, yeah, I'm selling this running back because there's maybe, like, eight guys that are actually getting touches, and he's one of them. He's been getting the volume uh, they they had a pretty good start to the season here where they have not had to face tough defenses. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to see that James Conner uh, value take quite a dip going up against the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. And I don't know. I got a sneaking suspicion here that Joshua Dobbs is going to turn into a pumpkin over the next two weeks. And all of a sudden, man, it, that Cardinals offense, I think, has been surprising everyone. I think once they go up against some much better defenses, that's going to change. Kyler Murray could return as early as week five. Uh, seems like maybe week six or seven is even realistic. We're seeing that they have been, the Cardinals have been better than we thought. They might want to be a bit more competitive. It doesn't seem like uh, Jonathan Gannon is the patsy that we all thought he might be, where they're just going to fire him after one season and let them you know just keep losing games. 
the thing with me is I think we've all talked about this at one point or another. It's that split that was in favor of James Conner when Kyler Murray is out. He's been so much better. And then when Kyler Murray's back over his career, James Conner takes a 33% dip in fantasy production. So if there was ever a guy where I'm like, okay, yeah, sell high right now. He had two good games. He's got two tough opponents. And then eventually the quarterback that comes in and just absolutely destroys his fantasy production is coming back in maybe three to four weeks. I'm, I'm cool just selling James Conner for as much as I can get. Yeah, uh, the uh, the whole Jonathan Gannon thing. I, I mean, I think back to like Nick Sirianni, like had some press conference moments where I was like, ooh, this guy's like not the best, uh, you know, talking to the mic. He's kind of awkward. Uh, and a lot of people were kind of out on him because of that. And then obviously now he's one of the better coaches in the NFL. I don't expect that out of Gannon, but I do think we can uh, maybe look past some of the, do you have that fire in your gut stuff and uh, at least give him a chance. They've certainly been frisky, but like you said, uh, they haven't had to go up against the likes of Dallas and San Francisco quite yet. Uh, Erickson, give me your top sell high running back here. DeAndre Swift. And it's because he had the perfect run out that you could ever ask for for a running back playing on a primetime game. He had 28 carries for 175 yards. 75% snap share was the second highest of his career. Like DeAndre Swift has never seen this workload at any point at any game in his entire NFL career. And there will be managers that have Swift that think this is the long term. Like people think this is going to be his role every single week. <laughs> It's not like it's literally impossible for him to do that because he's shown the inability to have this type of workload game over game. It's part of the reason why Detroit got rid of him because he couldn't stay healthy and he wasn't consistent when they would give him more of a workload. It was a short week, Thursday night. He didn't play at all in week one on that Sunday game. He was fresh. Kenneth Gainwell didn't play at all in this matchup on Thursday night against the Vikings, who we're just inviting the Eagles to run the football. They were just playing back. It's like, run the ball. The Eagles are like, okay, sure. We'll just run the football. So I think that Swift right now is just at his peak value. Like he will never be worth more than he is right now. And that's why I think you can just get a King's ransom for him because there are managers that think that he's going to be the Eagles RB1 locked and loaded for the rest of the season. When we have quotes from Nick Sirianni that specifically said that Swift's role is going to change week to week depending on what the game plan is, but depending on what the opponent is. So I think it was actually forward thinking of Sirianni to actually put Swift in bubble wrap week one, knowing that they'd have a quick turnaround on Thursday night. Obviously, I don't think he envisioned Kenneth Gamewell getting hurt, but being like, hey, we're playing on a short week. Let's save one of our running backs, not use him at all, and then unload him on a Thursday night on a short week against a defense that's been beat up and playing already a full game. And it worked. Like, so I would give credit to Sirianni for that. And for the same reasons, like this role is not going to be the same for DeAndre Swift. Kenneth Campbell is going to eventually be healthy again. And I think he's going to have a role in the offense. So for me, it's Swift. Not to say he can't be the 1A for the rest of the season, but he's never going to have this role ever again, in my opinion. Yeah, Alfredo, I want to get your opinion on on Swift as well. Uh, week one, he finished RB77. Week two, he finished RB2. So that just kind of <laughs> highlights the vast difference there. Where would he be ranked for you rest of season? Rest of season, man, it's so hard because I think that you want to be able to put him as a top 24 running back based on what you saw. But I mean, what Erickson said is so true. It's kind of like how we get that hard knocks bump in the preseason. You get the, the, the primetime bump of guys that play on Thursday night or Monday night football because so many more of your league mates are watching. So I think DeAndre Swift ends up becoming the perfect sell high candidate, just like he's talking about here. I, I struggle to confidently have him as a top 24 running back the rest of season. Uh, well, 
Okay, let me take that back. I struggle to have him as a top, let's say, top 15 running back. I think he could be top 24 just, you know, based on some explosive plays in the Eagles offense. But like we talked about, he hasn't really finished uh, a full season before. And, and this Eagles backfield, it's going to be a split in all different ways. So it, it's a struggle for me. The number one most traded wide receiver, guys, is Garrett Wilson. Obviously, somebody everybody loved this summer. Now a very different quarterback situation than we had anticipated. We saw it kind of play out that way in week two where he did have the big play that kind of saved fantasy scoring if you started him, but obviously not an encouraging game coming up against maybe the best defense in the NFL, of course. That is a factor as well. But Alfredo, I will start with you. Garrett Wilson, are you buying, selling, or holding as of right now? I'm selling, and I think a lot of the people that are buying are doing so to you know, maybe confirm those priors that like Garrett Wilson is, is a really talented player, which he is. Don't get me wrong, but we have to be able to adjust. This is now Zach Wilson playing quarterback. So we have to make that adjustment. And I think that what we're seeing here is just something where Garrett Wilson still has a pretty good sell. I don't want to say high, but just the sell medium window. He's got two touchdowns on seven catches in a Zach Wilson led offense. And both these plays were just incredible, incredible plays. The one where he tips it to himself. Another one is just a slant catch and run all the way down the field. He's doing 99% of the work. I can't imagine he's going to continue to to you know, hold up 99% of that relationship for the rest of the season. And after all that, after all these amazing plays and the touchdowns every week, he's still just wide receiver 22. We're looking at, I think, right now, best case scenario for Garrett on the season. The Jets really don't know their identity right now. Even Brees Hall said that. He's like, oh, we, we just, we, we're still figuring things out. So yeah, I'm selling Garrett Wilson while I still can. Erickson, what do you think? Buy, sell, or hold? I think you got to sell. It just the the wide receiver one upside, I think, is totally nuked without Aaron Rodgers. And the fact that I think you can get a receiver, maybe another receiver without a wide receiver one upside, but someone that offers a much higher floor, someone that's like every year finishes a fantasy wide receiver two. I think it's it's just time to cut your losses with Garrett Wilson. It's like the wide receiver one dream is not going to happen this year. Draft a steadier asset that you can plug and play every single week because I mean, it's just going to be a struggle with Garrett Wilson every single week. And we pulling your hair out. He has to make these amazing plays just to do enough to get there for your lineup. And it's just not going to continue. So, yeah, he's someone that I think that you can cut your losses with. Alfredo, I want to get your opinion. This isn't a dynasty show, but in dynasty, are you approaching him a little bit differently? Obviously, he's still so young and just so uber talented. Yeah, I mean, I think you are approaching him a little bit differently in Dynasty, but I also think the people that have him on their roster are also approaching it differently. They're just kind of holding on to him. I think that in Dynasty, everything's going to be in a holding pattern right now, and I wouldn't be selling the farm to go get Garrett Wilson, especially because we don't know how Aaron Rodgers is going to return next year. I know, Not that he's not going to, but how he's going to look when he does. At his age, coming off an Achilles, we just don't know. So there's a lot of uncertainty. In Dynasty, I think you hold and redraft. I think you got to sell as quick as you can. Let's do a couple of trade comparisons here. Alfredo, sticking with you, would you trade Garrett Wilson for DJ Moore? I guess. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's not very convincing, but I, I guess. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, is, how about Garrett Wilson for Zay Flowers? Zay Flowers, yeah. Uh, I think that we're just scratching the surface with Zay Flowers and that Lamar Jackson offense. Uh, yes, I, I think there's a much higher ceiling there with Flowers. Yeah, did get less usage with with Mark Andrews back, but that catch he had on the 50-yard bomb was a thing of absolute beauty. Uh, Garrett Wilson for Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Tyler Lockett is still very good at football, as proven last week. 
Uh, I think that even with all these other wide receivers out there, DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett is still getting his. And the Seattle Seahawks offense is probably somewhere in between their their performances in week one and week two. But Tyler Lockett is still going to get the production. And uh, I think he will finish this season well ahead of Garrett Wilson, especially if we start to see that regression on those touchdowns. Erickson, are you doing a clean sleep as well, trading Garrett Wilson for DJ Moore, Zay Flowers, and Tyler Lockett? I think so. Yeah, I think that both all three of those players, I think, just have clear pictures of what they're going to do. I mean, DJ Moore, I know it's there are question marks with what's going on with the Bears offense, but DJ Moore has always been a wide receiver, too. Like every single year, he's always had bad quarterbacks through Carolina. So when we look up at the end of the year, DJ Moore is going to be inside the top 24. I feel confident about that. Garrett Wilson, on the other hand, I don't feel confident because if Zach, until they have a new quarterback, because it's really Zach Wilson. It's not just, oh, he has a bad quarterback. No, he has Zach Wilson, like the bad quarterback. <laughs> so until we get somebody else, because we saw Garrett Wilson be good with non-Zach Wilson quarterbacks as a rookie, but what I just need to see who the Jets add or what move they make at quarterback. That's really the only window where you see Wilson prevailing, and even that's just a, a very, very long stretch where you're really just praying that things kind of work out. If you guys are anything like me, fall is unquestionably your favorite season. There's nothing I love more than seeing the colors change, feeling that crisp autumn breeze. It just feels like football. I love fall camping, going to games, pretty much any outdoor activity this time of year. And the only thing better is spending fall outside with friends and with beer, but not just any beer, Miller Lite, the 96-calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything summer and fall have to offer. In fact, I just went camping with some friends the other weekend, so you know we had to pack the travel coolers full of Miller Lights, sitting around the fire that night, swapping stories and inside jokes, all while cracking open another round of Miller Lights. It is heaven. Whether you're spending evenings around a backyard fire pit, enjoying a football game with pals, or sharing laughter amidst the rustle of fall, Falling leaves, live those autumn moments with Miller Light. With a Miller Light in your hand, fall doesn't just taste great, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Light delivered right to your door, visit MillerLight.com slash fantasy pros. That's MillerLight.com slash fantasy pros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Guys, Probably the most uh, interesting and fun wide receiver to talk about right now is Puka Nakua uh, has really taken the league and fantasy football and Twitter and just everything by storm. Uh, is he a buy, sell, or a hold through two incredible first weeks of his career, Erickson? I mean, can what, can you buy him at this point? Like, I don't know. I definitely <laughs> don't want to sell him. Like that. That should be clear. I don't want to sell Puka Nakua, and I just don't know. Like, if you're going to have enough. To, to bring to the table to get him on your team. Like, I think that's the big issue. And I think if you miss the window, I don't know if I would be willing to overspend because for me with Puka, it looks like he's a player that he has wide receiver one upside. So unless I can, if I'm moving a wide receiver one, like that's the only reason I would try to get Puka Nakua. But if I can move anything less than that, any receiver that, is a player where I don't really see they have a, a, a scenario where they can finish as a fantasy wide receiver one. Like I would move that guy to get Puka, but that may not be enough based on whoever owns him in my specific leagues. Because I think that he has top 12 ceiling rest of year, even with Cooper Cup returning. Because I think that we saw two receivers be productive in this offense before and Puka Nakua in this Robert Woods role, like 
he can thrive alongside Cooper Cup, even if he comes back. He also has a hamstring injury. So there's no guarantee that Cooper Cup, even if he returns, is going to be the same guy, number one, and is going to be on the team healthy all year long. So that's kind of my take on, on Nakua. But it, isn't it like, just kind of philosophically, if you have a receiver who has 25 catches in the first two weeks, of the, he's on pace for over 200 catches this season. Isn't that guy kind of definitionally a sell? Well, I think that statistically speaking, yes, like he's not going to be able to continue that. But how many touchdowns does he have? None. Or I think yeah. he only has one. So like he's not scoring. So that's the other thing. Or yeah, Alfred is confirming. So zero touchdowns. So that's not going to sustain. If he's accumulating this amount of yardage and this many receptions and this many targets, like he's eventually going to find the end zone more, which will make up for, okay, now he's seeing only catching 10 balls a week as opposed to 15. Like, yeah, the, the statistics are not going to continue, but why is his involvement in the offense going to go away? Like, that's the big selling point here, and it's not. Like, he's played two games, and Sean McVay has convinced everyone that this is the guy he wants to get the football to. So unless I'm getting wide receiver one, like locked and loaded production back for Puka Nakua, I'm not selling him for anything less than that. And if I could buy him for less, that's what I, the approach I would do, would be trying to get a player that I think can finish as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. Alfredo, what do you think? I'm I'm in full agreement with Erickson on this. I don't think you can buy Puka Nakua anywhere. I think that the ask is going to be way too much. And I think if you have him on your team, uh, I don't think you want to sell him because I think that you've got a guy here that should be or, or very well could be a locked and loaded top 15 wide receiver every week. Even when Cooper Cup is back, we Erickson alluded to it. It's that Robert Woods role. We've seen them do it before. Matthew Stafford looks good. And I think we're also underselling here how much it matters when Sean McVay likes a guy. <laughs> uh, we, we're seeing the opposite effect with Cam Akers <laughs> and how like he's on the team, he's off the team. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Like Puka, he lo- like Puka is his sweet prince. He wants him out there on the field every week. He wants to get the ball into his hands. He's getting him involved in the rushing game. So I, I think you know, whatever side you're on here, I think everything is just in a holding pattern with Puka Nakua. He does have a pretty long injury history in college. Not that we're predicting injuries or anything like that. He was on the injury report going into week two. That has been a factor in why he fell to the fifth round in the NFL draft. So just to mention it, um, but yeah, he's just been so good. He's one of those guys that's just like, it's super, super fun to have him on your roster right now. And you don't want to give that up, even if it might make sense. Even if you got a godfather offer, I want to be able to watch Pukunakua get 20 targets a game and have that be able to brag to my league mates that I'm the one who found him late. I think there is an element of that, especially in like a friends or family league. Uh, but I do want to ask some some one-on-one trades here. Alfredo, would you trade Pukunakua for Brandon Ayuk? Nope, I'd probably keep Puka here. I, th- I think I, that Puka's got, got the, a little bit more guaranteed volume each week, whereas with that Niners offense, you, you just don't know which way it's going to go. How about for Mike Evans? Aha, uh-huh. professional tease. We might be talking about Mike Evans a little bit later. So, uh, no, I would not trade Puka Nakua for three Mike Evanses. No. <laughs> yeah, sneaking it in there, there. And then, uh, how about for the guy we just talked about, Garrett Wilson? No, but if you that can do that the opposite way around and you could somehow trade Garrett Wilson for Puka Nakua, you're, you're just a Jedi. Like, you're not even <laughs> a, a person in a fantasy football league. You have just tricked everyone. So Erickson, same three guys, Ayuk, Evans, Garrett Wilson. Again, is it another clean sweep here? Uh, it's a clean sweep for me. I think we've got to up the ante, honestly. Uh, I mean, I talked okay. about Puka being in the wide receiver one tier. Like, I'm looking at him closer to players like Jalen Waddell, Calvin Ridley, 
What about those guys? Like that's what I that's where I think you're really realistically is more in the so, ballpark. So, so let me just ask you this value. then. I was gonna say, who is the lowest ranked guy you would trade Pukunakua for? Just just running through what we have currently here, rest of season rankings. Jefferson, Tyreek, Chase, Diggs, Amonra, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Devontae Adams, Chris Olave, Calvin Ridley, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. I mean, at what point in those rankings are you saying, okay, anybody there and above, I'm trading him for? I think guys like Keenan Allen, Keenan, T. Keenan Allen, I would probably move because Keenan Allen just I have age concerns with him, like longevity concerns with him. So I actually have them ranked back to back, Puka and Keenan Allen. I would take Puka over Metcalf, Cooper. I'd take him over T. Higgins. Devonta Smith's probably right on that line just because he's not the wide receiver one on his team, but the Eagles defense is also like horrible. So I think that he's still going to be able to eat in that offense. Um, but yeah, I have him wide receiver 12. And I don't think that it's crazy to think that you could trade Puka to get Chris Olave. Um, I don't know if that's going to fly. I don't know if that Olave, well, Olave manager probably wouldn't do it, but I think that what their value is and what they're going to do the rest of the season. I don't think it's going to be that dissimilar to be totally honest. Like, I don't think it's that far of a stretch. Obviously Puka comes with more risk, I think just cause he's more unknown, but I think that's kind of what we're going to see from him though. That's completely nuts. Uh, Alfredo, what about you? Who's the worst wide receiver that you would trade Puka for? The worst wide receiver I would trade him for is, you know, what's funny is the kind of like that line of demarcation we have there. I, I actually like Keenan Allen uh, for the rest of the year here. I liked him coming into the season. I think he's been producing uh, pretty well. And he, I think he's got just ever so slightly a bit more upside in that offense as Justin Herbert's number one target. Whereas Puka may get relegated to number two target. That doesn't mean he'll be bad. I think, I would rather have Keenan Allen rest of the season than Puka Nakua. And it's weird to say that that might be a hot take going into week three. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it really is nuts. And to be clear, when I say that, I wasn't saying that Erickson is nuts for his take or, or you, Alfredo. It's nuts what Puka is doing. I really am just like blown away. It's 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 just super, super fun to watch. Uh, since we're talking all sorts of trades today, I want to remind everyone to check out Trade Central. Our tool can quickly pinpoint your team's strengths, weaknesses, and top trade partners all in one place. Leverage the trade finder to identify game-changing trades and outsmart your competitors. And then before shaking hands on the deal, use the trade analyzer to gauge the true impact of your moves. Let my playbook's advanced tools be your one-stop shop to dominating the season. Just go to fantasypros.com slash myplay playbook or download the fantasy football my playbook app guys let's get into the buy low sell high segment we are starting as always with buy low talking about the wide receivers here alfredo who is your first buy low wide receiver so my buy low wide receiver it's funny because we just mentioned his name but jalen waddle jalen waddle uh has had i think two kind of like awkward weeks here with the miami dolphins where week one is the big tyreek hill blow up where any production that Waddle would have had is going to be overshadowed. And this like ugly New England Patriots game where it, it's kind of always played like that. The game gets slowed down a little bit more. There's a bit more running. It's a bit more of that old school smash mouth football. And I think that right now you can go and buy Jalen Waddle because of this concussion protocol news that's out there and the discount that's probably going to be there. He was pretty average these first two games, but we know that's not who he is. That's not who he's been in the NFL. He was wide receiver 13 as a rookie, wide receiver eight last season. Currently, he's the wide receiver 37. If there was a guy that I'm banking on being way better than where he's at right now, it's Jalen Waddle, And we still see it. All the athletic ability is there. And the way that he's using that offense, he's set up to always be able to run after the catch. And right now, second in the NFL in yards after catch per reception. 
I think that Jalen Waddle should obviously he should course correct here. And then there's going to be a really good stretch of games for the Miami Dolphins uh, versus wide receivers in fantasy football weeks 11 through 15. And those are going to be some of the most pivotal weeks of the season. If you have Jalen Waddle on your team, it's going to be a really soft schedule at that point. I think it's important to mention, too, that like wide receiver just in general as a position is inherently volatile week to week. Even guys that are consistent year over year have weeks where they're down and sometimes it happens back to back. Um, I, and you know, that's happened to a degree with Waddle, obviously the injury stuff here. So uh, I I'm fully with you. I, I think he's kind of a no brainer. Well, I mean, Waddle's um, still like, I mean, he's still, he, well, he's, he's still over 80 yards in both of his games though. So even though he's like, yeah, not yeah. Yeah, down is in games, huge quotes. It's like, yes. It's like, Oh, yeah. wow, he only had 80 yards again. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and that's it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Did you say Alfredo? I'm sorry if you did. Where would you have him ranked rest of season at wide receiver? Um, I didn't say, but I still think, I mean, Jalen Waddle for, for a lot of us, he was like a top 10 wide receiver going into the season. I still think that he's somewhere in that top 12 to 15 range. Um, there's yeah. not too many guys that I would still keep over him, especially with everything that's happened with Garrett Wilson and, you know, what we've seen with uh, Devonte Adams, even and the Raiders, like that's, there's just a lot of wide receivers that are in flux. So to me, Jalen Waddle is still a top 15 wide receiver. Erickson, who's your buy low wide out? Oh, this one. I like this one a lot, you know, so kudos to me. Uh, Christian Watson has not played yet in 2023. He's missed the first two weeks with a hamstring injury. But remember, the biggest concern with Watson was never the talent, right? He had a great rookie year when he was healthy, super high in target rate per route run, super efficient yards per route run, touchdown machine. The question was like, okay, how good is Jordan Love? Well, guys, uh, two weeks in, Jordan Love has six touchdowns, zero interceptions. Now, I know one of those games was against the Bears, but he did play also well against the Atlanta Falcons. And he's playing with way less weaponry than we thought he would ever have. Like, Watson hasn't played. Aaron Jones missed last week. Has Jordan Love missed a step? No. He's been super productive, super efficient, playing with subpar talent around him. So what's going to happen when they drop their best wide receiver on the field with Jordan Love? All these touchdowns that are going to guys like Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Ontarian Wicks, who are they going to go to now? They're going to go to Christian Watson. So I think that Watson is just a great buy low because the concerns about Jordan Love have been mitigated. He's he's looked really good through the first two weeks of the season. So I'm more confident now in Christian Watson that he is going to deliver and be that number one receiver for the Packers, especially because Jordan Love has kind of spread the ball out for the most part with these receivers that have been healthy. So Watson has a chance to step in, become that alpha, and you can get him at a discount. And I'm not really concerned about him like getting re-injured or being slow off the injury because we saw it last year. He missed a lot of time last year with an injury, came back, was immediately productive. So I would bet on that happening again with Christian Watson, and you can get him at a discount because he just we haven't seen him. People have kind of forgotten about him. And he's like, oh, yeah, Christian Watson. Remember, it was high on this guy. Like, he's just been on my IR spot the last two weeks. Like, I got him in a bunch of spots. And I'm like, I'm like so ready to put him in my starting line. I'm like, I need this juice, baby. Let's get Christian Watson in the lineup. So I think that you can acquire him. And I think he has a ton of upside that I think some fantasy managers may not be recognizing just based on how well Jordan Love has played. Where do you see, now that we've seen them for a couple of weeks, where do you see this Packers offense kind of finishing across the NFL, you know, over the rest of the season, Erickson? I mean, they're probably going to finish better than they did last year. Like, Jordan Love is playing much better than Aaron Rodgers played last year. He's way more aggressive downfield. Like, they're not afraid to dial up pass attempts for him hitting some of these younger players. And that's the bet when you make your roster really young, right? 
the range of outcomes is very wide because you're not sure how these young players are going to develop, but we're seeing with the Rams, right? One of the league's youngest rosters, super fun. And I think the Packers are kind of mimicking that a little bit with how young their rosters is. They didn't bring in a bunch of veterans to like, oh, they know the playbook. They know the systems like, no, like let the kids go out and play and see what happens. And so far it's been really positive. So I think they're going to be an above average offense, maybe sneak into the top 10, um, not a juggernaut in any case, but they run faster. They're not a slow paced offense with Aaron Rodgers gone. So I like the Packers a lot. And I mean, just the way that that division is kind of shaping up. I mean, they got a really good shot at dethroning the Lions who were the favorites to, to win the NFC North if they continue to play well. Let's go to the sell high wide receivers. Alfredo, we'll start with you. This one I would have thought is obvious because of how low everyone had him ranked versus how well he's playing here for the first couple of weeks. It's uh, Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans. The Bucs started out with Minnesota and Chicago to start the season. Really easy schedule. And I, I just want to make sure that fantasy managers are not overlooking that. There needs to be context added to production. He's had back-to-back touchdowns in consecutive weeks, a monster 70-yard catch, and this is not an indictment on Mike Evans as a player. I get it. He's a little bit older, and you you start to see these players fall off the age cliff. He's incredibly talented. I don't want to take away anything from him. My worry here is a bit more about what happens to this offense when they start to go up against better defenses. What happens to Baker Mayfield specifically when they go up against better defenses? Also, it's just really hard to continue to lean in and depend on touchdown production every single week from a wide receiver in this offense. So right now, Mike Evans, he's the wide receiver four in PPR. Once again, if I think that's the highest he is going to be in fantasy at this at at this season at any point. If you believe that he is going to be lower than wide receiver four going forward, you should be trying to trade him right now. It should be that simple. You might have some managers in your league that are like, yes, I remember Mike Evans. That guy's really good. Cool. He's back. I was just worried that maybe Brady wasn't there. And and that's how you play this. But yeah, I'm, I don't want to say that I don't have a lot of faith in Mike Evans going forward or the Bucks going forward. I just don't think he's going to be as good as wide receiver four going forward. I don't have him as a sell high because I don't roster him anywhere. I don't have him <laughs> on any teams where I can even go out and sell him. So I'm fully with you here. Erickson, what, what's your uh, stance on Evans here quickly? Yeah, I, I think that he's a boomer bust wide receiver that you want to sell after he booms, especially when it's in back-to-back weeks against bad matchups. And he's got the Eagles this week, strong perimeter cornerbacks that really their weakness is the middle of the field. So expect way more of Chris Godwin, way more of the tight ends for the Buccaneers and not another bomb touchdown catch for Mike Evans. That's going to really buoy his fantasy production. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, I always thought Mike Evans was going to be his ADP. But, you know, when you draft him as wide receiver 36 and he finishes as wide receiver 27, like, what were you really winning in that scenario? That's kind of always how I viewed Evans during draft season. I knew that he wasn't going to be the wide receiver 36, but I knew that he probably wasn't going to finish high enough versus the other receivers in his draft range where I wanted to bet more on the upside long term. And I think we're just seeing the peak of his powers here early on. Erickson, who's your sell high? Um, for me, it's going to be Sky Moore for the Kansas City Chiefs. He caught a long, he or he caught a touchdown last week after basically being not used at all in Week One on Thursday night. So I think we may see some managers being like, "All right, finally, it's Sky Moore season! Like it's finally happened for him." It's like guys, like the Chiefs, <laughs> the way they're rotating all their wide receivers is is the worst thing possible for fantasy football. Like, none of these guys can be relied on on a week-to-week basis. 
Like, especially now with Travis Kelsey back in the fold, I, you got to sell high on Sky more. Again, I mentioned that he scored the touchdown. He had a 54-yard catch, which came on one of the last plays of the game. Like, before that, he basically had no yardage and was just all on the touchdown, which, yes, Chiefs receivers are going to score touchdowns this year. Are you going to know the weeks that they're going to score? No idea. And because they use so many of them, because they rotate so many guys, it's just going to be super frustrating. So for me, Sky Moore was someone I liked a lot during draft season, and I'm changing my tune a little bit because through two weeks, he's not getting targets. Like, I was expecting him to step up and be a target earner in this offense. That has not been the case, and that was not the case for him as a rookie. So why is he suddenly just going to start getting targets? I don't think it's going to happen. So for me, Sky Moore is someone that I'm trying to either package with another player to move up at a receiver or running back position because I don't think that he has enough name cachet on his own to just sell high straight up. But I, I think that there are much better bets. And I think Sky Moore, it's just, I think it's good process to sell these Chiefs receivers after they have a big game. Um, when you're looking at the usage, it's really not great. It doesn't really, doesn't really bode well for Sky Moore uh, for the rest of the season. Let's wrap up with some quick listener questions here. These are coming from Twitter from Steve. Should he trade away Garrett Wilson for DeAndre Swift? What do you think, Alfredo? Woof. Okay. These are <laughs> these are both these are both cells for us. I, I think this is gonna have to depend, and normally I don't like to do this, but this is gonna have to depend on your roster build and your roster makeup, like what position you actually need. Normally I just say draft and trade for value and we're and you know, worry about positional needs later, but I assume if you're going out and looking to get DeAndre Swift, you need running back help. But I, I might try to go for someone a little bit more uh, reliable, someone that might have a little bit more of a long-term effect. I think you might be able to trade Garrett Wilson plus for a Joe Mixon and and get yourself a nice running back there. Well, Alfredo, what you do Erickson, is you, you look you, like you, you have something. Alfredo, what you do is you trade Garrett Wilson for DeAndre Swift, and then you trade DeAndre Swift for Joe Mixon, and so so that's Boom, so you, just, so you just follow analytics. <laughs> Analytics, I like it. <laughs> uh, next question uh, from Jason. Uh, trade my Gabe Davis for their Christian Kirk in half PPR, or he also has the option to drop Gabe Davis for Nico Collins. Alfredo? Is it weird that I like Nico Collins the best out of these guys that you don't have to trade for anyone? Like Gabe Davis and Christian Kirk just feels like it's the same dude. Like it's just it's just you're they're just wearing different shirts like that's all i kind of <laughs> like nico collins i think he's got some of the best upside here in this group he's definitely overperforming a little bit but i still think there's some of the best upside there so i i think i might drop gabe davis for nico collins and just avoid the trade altogether and, and nico also like just should not be on the waiver wire he's no. been too good and, and i think the upside is is there i i love cj stroud a lot um erickson what do you think on that one would you also out of gabe davis christian kirk and nico collins would nico be the guy you prefer i think so i just think that i like his his steady role on the offense you know wide receivers that see consistent targets is, is tough to it's hard to come by like it's really the top tier guys and that's really it whereas most every other receiver just kind of falls in that boom or bust category we saw it with kirk week one versus week two gabe davis week one versus week two like Boom or bust. Like, that's what you're going to get from a lot of these guys where Nico Collins, two straight weeks with CJ Stroud, what has it been? Consistent targets, consistent production. Nico Collins is fifth in receiving yards. <laughs> like, he's he's balling out with CJ Stroud. So, yeah, I, I think that I want Nico Collins here as well. I agree with Alfredo. Last one here. We'll go very quickly because I think it's an easy one. Drop Jahan Dotson or Zay Flowers for Jaden Reed 
or Reynolds. And I'm not sure if that's Josh Reynolds or Craig. I think the answer is still no for either of them. What do you think, Alfredo? No, no, no. Keep yeah. keep those wide receivers. Don't go and, and pick up these guys. Yeah, Erickson, do you agree? Yeah, no, I'm keeping uh, both those wide receivers. First round picks, not, yeah. not you know giving them up for some stopgap receivers. Yeah, that one was from Sal. Uh, we definitely strongly agree with not dropping those guys. Uh, just quick recap here. The buy low wide receivers were Jalen Waddell and Christian Watson, and our sell highs were Mike Evans and Sky Moore. Thank you so much for joining us here, Alfredo. Uh, hopefully we have a fun rest of the season. For Alfredo and for Erickson, I am Ryan Warmly. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.